Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Heavenland Devotions, or else called the Little Green Pasture. Well, I am here again today in the joy of the Lord, in the strength of Jesus Christ, for he has gone before me. He's gone before us. And it is in his strength that we live and in his strength that any of us teach or preach or talk about him, no matter where we are, who we are in this lifetime. And I have a message that I want to give to you guys today, to everybody. And perhaps I might even say to he that has ears to hear, let him hear this word that will be spoken. For I come to you today in the name of Jesus Christ with a message I believe that the Holy Spirit gave to me. And the going over it, the going over it, the going over it over the last couple of hours, three hours, four hours ruminating on this word that it was blooming like a flower and more kept coming in and more kept coming in and so i am going to feed you with it and it so fed me and i know it's a message for all of us today like i said maybe to some this may not speak to them maybe It'll speak to only a few, but I really believe it will speak to all of you. And, you know, this is also for some of you maybe who have YouTube channels and uh, there's, uh, you know, there's always a daunting thing making videos, especially those of us who are flowing in a spirit. We want to always be careful, but this is not just for those of us who have YouTube channels also, but for people maybe who are in any kind of a leadership, whether it's a church or a Bible study group, whatever it is, but this is for all. And now I'm going to thank Jesus for, as David said, for I've set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. Therefore, I shall not be moved. Dearest Lord Jesus, I come before you and I thank you so much and I glorify and I worship you with great joy. I worship you, Lord Jesus Christ, with a full heart of happiness in you. Thank you, Lord, for yet another day on this earth to speak your words, to direct all hearts and eyes heavenward that, Lord, in this message, you will be heard, your sound, and that, Lord, that your presence will be felt, that you will draw near to the hearers, and that you would pour your water in to the cups of the thirsty. And even to those, Lord, that aren't thirsty and are listening, a day will come where they will find themselves thirsty. Lord, we thirst for you. And now I offer up this message back to you, for all things are yours. To God be the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So this morning I was reading in Exodus chapter 31 and 32. And, and so obviously I'm not going to read two whole chapters to you. I'm going to summarize it and I'm going to give it over to you as I 
heard it and as the Holy Spirit begins to move in me because he knows how to speak for himself. So in chapter 31, we read that uh, it starts off with the people saying, where is Moses? He's this man that brought us up out of Egypt. It says here, and I'll just read one verse of it. It says, and the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount. The people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, up, make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this man, Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we want not what has become of him. And so after that, we read about Aaron immediately said, then it says the next thing is, then Aaron said, uh, have all the children, your sons and daughters, yourselves, everybody break off golden earrings and bring them to me. And Aaron, we know, melted. He put the gold in the fire. He melted it and he created, it says a calf, but really he created what was a bull the bull to the Egyptians, which were pantheists, were was the supreme god. And so, but it's interesting because when it came out of the fire, he says, these be thy gods. So we see that this was a primary god that the Egyptians worshipped, but he equates all the sub-gods underneath him as saying, looking at him, be the supreme God of gods. So Aaron does this. And it's so surprising, right? We read that like, you know, we read about, because we know who Aaron is. And so let me pause here. I want to go back a little bit because I want to talk about your walk in Christ. And what does that, what does this story mean for you today? We know this is a direct historical, it's historicity, um, meaning proven history. Um, but there's a message in his word because it's the living word. So let me just take you back a little bit so I can bring you up to date to what I received from the Lord. First for myself, and I know it's for all of you. So we know that Moses, he was raised in Egypt. He was the adopted grandson of Pharaoh. Um, he gets to a certain age at 40. Uh, it says, and at 40 years old, it came into his heart that he would deliver the children of Israel. And but he thought that everybody understood that what he was about, like because he started to spend more time outside of the palace and time with the Hebrew people. But it said they understood not. But he knew what came into his heart. He knew it. It says when he was a full 40 years old, it came into his heart. Well, what what came into his heart? A future call that was so far down the line. And he couldn't see it. He didn't know it. And so he killed a man. And then he fled for his life. He became a fugitive. And he's there for 40 years on the backside of the desert. And he's a shepherd. And he sees a burning bush. And he hears God calling out to him. He's told, you're going to go back. And you're going to speak to Pharaoh. And you're going to tell him to let my people go. You could read that in Exodus chapter 3. And so God has this talk with him. And Aaron, not Aaron, not Aaron yet. But Moses is, I mean, this is shocking to him. He's 80 years old. It was unexpected. Um, to go back to that was um, unheard of. But that's not the story. I don't want to keep going in that thread. A point came where he was saying to God, he's like, 
you know, basically I'm not the guy I stutter. I have a problem with talking. You've got pretty much got the wrong guy. And God is like, he's having this conversation with Moses who made men's mouth, who makes even a man dumb. He said, I'll be with your mouth. I created your mouth. I'll be with your mouth. And then Moses goes on to kind of go back and forth with God. Yes, but yes, but. And then finally, God said he relents and says, look, your brother Aaron is coming. Okay. I'll have him be unto you your mouth. And whatever I say to you, you'll say to him and he'll say it to Pharaoh. And so, see, he was afraid to go by him. He, I mean, he wasn't even thinking about it. He was afraid because he was being called alone in the beginning. He was called alone to go speak to that king as a man who feared for his life. And then now he's given his brother Aaron. And so as it goes on, I counted there's five times that Aaron speaks in the place of Moses. Five plagues in, after which, now you hear Moses for the rest of that time, he speaks for himself. He speaks now. And so that having that friend, that brother, companion, arm to strengthen him, he took that place, that temporary place that was meant for Moses. And God gave that grace to Moses because he knew what he was asking him to do was too great for him. Until he got used to appearing with Aaron, doing all the talking, though Moses was hearing everything coming from God, being delivered to Moses, being delivered to Pharaoh, until something had happened. Moses begins to speak for himself. And then we fast forward into this moment where I'm speaking to you of where Moses is called by God, come up into the mount and meet me there. We know that God was giving him the two tables of stone. Um, and so Aaron, as I just uh, laid out to you about how they made that bull, that golden bull, that golden calf, and people were dancing and singing around it while he's up in the mount and Aaron's down below. So you kind of get a picture of kind of a, in the heights and down below, kind of like a heaven and earth kind of picture. God says to him, Moses, get thee down for thy people, which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. And I want you to remember that what I just said to you, what God says to him for thy people, thy people, which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. That's chapter 32, verse 7 and 8. He said, they've made a molten calf and worshipped it and sacrificed unto it and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said unto Moses, I've seen this people behold their stiff-necked. No, see, he doesn't really, he, he doesn't... Um, he puts them apart from himself, like this people, like I'm not with them. Like, you know, this people. Okay. And so God says, let me alone. Let my wrath wax hot against them that I may uh, 
consume them and I'll make of thee a great nation. And we know that after that, it goes on to read that Moses stands in the gap and he's, you know, he's like, don't do this. Why should the Egyptians say that you have brought out the, your, your people? And so there's this play I want to point out. And so that's what I'm saying through what I'm teaching here, because there's a play that's going on and God starts it when he says, your people that you brought out. Moses continues to have conversations with God that say, they are your people that you brought out. Okay, that's important to look at that. And so God, God turns away from destroying them. And so Moses takes the calf, he burns it in the fire, he grounds it to powder, he straws it upon the water, he straw, burns it in the fire, grounds it to powder, straws it in the water, and he makes them drink it. And Moses says unto Aaron, what are this people, what did this people unto thee? Now see Aaron's involved. He said, what did you, what did you do with these people? That you made them, cause them to so great a sin upon them. And he really goes on to lie. He's like, oh, you don't know these people. They, they, they came to me and which was true. They came to him. They're like, make us gods. Moses is gone. We don't know what's become of him. We need a God to worship. Okay. And so they're used to worshiping that God of gods of li the little G of little G's. And so he goes on with that narrative or he goes along with that same story. And then Moses sees naked people. And then it says, Moses stood in the gate of the camp and it said, who's on the Lord's side. And so there's the rest of that goes, it says, and then all the sons of Levi came to him and he tells them to go throughout the camp with their sword in their thigh and kill every man, his companion, his brother, his friend, go from gate to gate and do it. And the next day, Moses said unto the people, you have sinned a great sin. Now I will go unto the Lord for adventure. I shall make atonement for your sin. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and you and have made them gods of gold. Yet now if thou wilt forgive their sin, if not blot me, I pray thee out of thy book, which I was written. Notice how he takes it on himself. Okay, I want you to stay with that very beginning when I said God called Moses. He never really called Aaron. But see, God will do that. Let, let me just let me just stay with it. Then I'm going to break it down and says, but whosoever sins against me, him will I blot out of the book. This is the end of chapter 32. And then at the very end, it says, and the Lord plagued the people because they made the calf, which Aaron made. So we know that um, Aaron was that atonement was made for him. We know that he wasn't cursed. We know that the Aaronic priesthood. Uh, will be reinstated during the millennial kingdom. But what am I saying out of this? So God says, okay, now you're going to go chapter 33. You're going to go, you're going to continue with these people. You're going to still take them to the land. You're going to go on. You're, you're going on. You're going to take them to the land that flows with milk and honey. And it says, and when the people heard these evil tidings, they mourned and everybody put off their ornaments. And then he said for the third time, you are a stiff-necked people. He said, then he goes on, he says, just 
put off your ornaments and go over there, stay away. But Moses went to the midst of the camp and he took the tabernacle out of the midst of the camp and he put it way outside of the camp and called it the tent of congregation where Moses only was allowed to go and into that tent. And the people, and it came to pass when he went into that the tent of uh, congregation, the tabernacle, it was called the tabernacle of the congregation. That's what it was called. It says that Moses stood at the door of the tabernacle. This is verse nine. And the Lord talked with Moses. So now some time had passed. This is truly the first time Moses is now standing alone. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door and all the people rose up and worshiped every man in his tent. But you see, that's all they could do now. They can only look from a distance and they could see that one man go in to that tent of congregation where God talked to him. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. You know, this is the first time it is spoken of like that about Moses. All the other times you could read the whole thing, but this is the first time it says, and the Lord talked with Moses. You know, there's a lot of psychology and emotion involved in this because all the things that he had done, everything that he had this brother or friend companion with him is no longer there anymore. We no longer hear of any more dealings of Aaron But this is a pivotal moment. And he spoke to him face to face as a man speaks to his friend. You see, God has more than one friend. Yes, Abraham was called the friend of God because he believed unto him. And that was uh, imputed unto him as righteousness. And it says, and he was called the friend of God. Are you God's friend? Do you believe God? Believing God is a powerful thing. It says, and he turned again into the camp and his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man departed not out of the tabernacle. And Moses said unto the Lord, see, thou sayest unto me, bring up this people. And thou hast not let me know whom thou will send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name. And thou hast also found grace in my sight. So I could just feel his emotion. Here I am alone now. I can't trust Aaron anymore. I don't say he doesn't love Aaron anymore. I don't feel that there's a love loss. But Moses was given something to do that he was terrified to do in the beginning, which now he's alone in it. And Aaron's still there, but now we can't trust Aaron because Aaron made that sin a great sin, which was atoned for. But it's not the same anymore. Moses diverted and he caused all those people to sin a great sin. And here's Moses. Yes, there's a tribe of Levite, but let's leave that out. I'm going to talk about the one man because I'm going to talk about you. So he says, you haven't let me know whom you're going to send with me yet. You have said, I know thee by name and that I found grace in thy sight. And I, I could just see that like him saying, 
who's going to go with me now? Like, who's going to go with me now? I leaned on his arm. He was a strength to me. He was instead of my mouth. And my mouth was like unto God to him, but yet he spoke for me. He helped me. He was my brother. He's still my brother, but now something's broken and I can't go back and I stand alone. I went alone into the middle of that midst of the camp and by myself, I took that tabernacle down and I pitched it outside of that tent and I alone go into that tent to meet you. And they're left now in that camp to stand only at the door where your cloudy pillar covered me. And then he goes on to say, now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, like if this is really true, if what you're saying is really true, and I believe that's how we need to talk to the Lord. When we want answers, when we really want to know something, we say, if the, if I really have found grace in thy sight, like when we read his word and it says something, we say, yeah, but if it was really true, Lord, and we're struggling wherever we're at in our in our course of life as believers of Jesus Christ as born again believers that take our walk seriously in Christ whether you're whatever your station is in life I don't care rich poor living here living there changing diapers CEO janitor teacher I don't care what it is but you see the, the that word once it gets down into you it makes you say really Yes, you did say that you knew me by name. You know me by name and that I have found grace in your sight. But really, if that's true, if I really do know me by name and if I have found grace in my sight, listen to what he says. He comes into acceptance of it. He says, show me now then. He doesn't say then show me thy way. He says, show me now thy way. Like I need to know right now. I need to know, show me now thy way that I may know thee. You see, now God pushed Aaron out of his life. And he's just facing God like, okay, this is this has come down to this now. Then show me now. Because you see, all those years that he was there that came, that brought him into this place. You, you know, when, you, when you've been with the Lord for so many years and you've been serving him all these decades, you don't miss your words with the Lord. You go, I need to know right now, what are you going to have me do, Lord? And it's not to boss the Lord around. No one can boss the Lord around. But sometimes you let things out of you. There's things that have come out of me where it sounded like I was absolutely irreverent to the Lord. But I said, if I don't say it like I mean it, then I then where's the prayer? How's that a prayer? How am I even going to pray? Is that really a prayer? If I'm just going to mutter a few words, I said, no, I want to say it with a hot heart. I want to say it with heat in me. Just like it said when God said, let me alone that my wrath may wax hot against his people that I may consume them in the way and I'll make of thee a great nation. And then later on, he prays God's wrath cools down. But Moses says his wrath waxed hot when he saw that golden calf and he destroyed it. See, there's a there's a waxing hot within us. Where we say, no, I'm going to say it. I want to know. Show me now. You said you've known me by name and I have found grace in your sight. Then show me now thy way. You know why? He said that I may know thee. You know, in Psalm 103, verse 7, it says, God made known his ways, his, his ways unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. 
You see, all those people that stayed in that camp only knew his acts, but they never knew him. They didn't know his ways. But Moses was radical. He knew his ways. He's like, he's this tabernacle's not dwelling in the midst of you. I'm taking it out and I'm going to move it over there. I'll go in. And he carried the heat and the burden of every one of those days from all those people that were murmurers and complainers that were stiff-necked and hard-hearted. He bore that burden and the heat of the day every day of his life. He goes on to say, Now therefore I pray thee, if I found grace in thy sight, thou sh sh show me now thy way that I may know thee, that I might find grace in thy sight. And consider, now listen to how he says it, this nation is your people. See that back and forth? And he said, my presence shall go with thee, and I'll give thee rest. In other words, he's saying how I take it strongly is, I'm taking Aaron's place. My presence will go with you. And my presence is peace in the work I've given you to do, which I would have given you in the beginning. But you see, it went that way for our instruction. My presence will go with you. This isn't an easy place. There's loss for Moses and a friend and a brother and a companion and a fellow laborer. And it's a scary place to be. This is get out of the boat and come to me moment. Except you're not getting back on that boat. You're going to walk on the water for the rest of your life but you're going to walk with me. Then he says, for wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people, hear how he says it, for wherein shall it be known here, and he throws it back on God and says that I and your people, thy people, have found grace in thy sight. Is it not that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. So Moses is really slinging it back to God, like, no, these are your people. This was your idea. You're the one that delivered them. You're the one that brought them out of Egypt. And God keeps putting it back to him. You're the one that led them out of Egypt. You're the one that brought them out of Egypt. You're, they are your people. And it goes on to say, verse 17, And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. So he tells him, you want to know? I'll tell you. Yes, I have known thee. I knew thee from the beginning. I mean, we could even take it further. I knew you before, and I knew the day you'd be born. I created you for my purpose and for my glory. Yes, I know you by name. Jeremiah said that you knew me. David said you knew me when I was in my mother's womb. The prophets talk about that. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. So something's happening in this moment where he's really transitioning into that place of acceptance and gratitude and being made to see. So he goes on to say, show me thy glory. Isn't it interesting how the first request is? Show me now thy way that I may know thee. His second request is, then sh now show me your glory. And he said, I'll make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim 
the name of the Lord before you. Like my name is going to go before you. And I will be gracious unto whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. In other words, what God was saying is, you're going to go the way I wanted you to go in the beginning. You're going to go. You're going to carry on. My presence will go with you. I'll give you peace, but I still am in control of this. And I'll be merciful unto whom I'll be merciful. And I'll be good to whom I will be good to. So that puts Moses at a place of stay low. And he said, you cannot see my face. For there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, there is a place by me. Like, I'm not just coming to you to a place by you. Though he was with him. He said, there's a place by me. You're coming with me. I'm not just going with you. It's not just my presence going with you. It's the other way around. There's a place by me and you will stand upon a rock and it shall come to pass when my glory passeth by that I will put thee in the cliff of the rock and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by and I will take away my hand and thou shalt see my back parts but my face thou shall not be shall not be seen see this is a new stand this is a new stand. He said, you're going to stand here now. You're not going to stand over there with Aaron. I gave him to you and it didn't work. But you've made an atonement for, for him and he'll be fine. He's over there. But we're back on you and me. And my presence will go with you. But the thing is, there's a place by me. And thou shalt stand upon a rock. Now, let me just say this. This is, this is for young ears and old ears. This is for people in leadership. These are for husbands and wives. These are for sons and daughters. This is for the age. This is for men and women. This is for all people all over the world that love Jesus Christ. See, this is a story. Yes, this is a real story. It's historical, but I'm going to put it this way, the way I received it from the Holy Spirit, the way he showed it to me in his light. You see, this is a picture of your walk in Christ. No matter what you do in life, you see, you're called into God's kingdom. And you don't, you, there's always that wanting someone to go with you. God understands. That's why he says it's not good for a man to be alone. He purposed it that he would have a wife. But I saw deeper into that and I thought, but yet Jesus sends out the two by two. Many times you see these number two, these these two people going together, these two people being called like Bezalel and Aholiab that were found that were called by their names of the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Dan, who were filled with all the spirit of wisdom, that they were able to be cunning in all craftsmanship with gold and silver and the weavings of the work and for the for the temple. It's no different between you and be, with you or anybody else that are called. He knows you by name. He knows you by name. And you have found grace in his sight. But you see that first picture is the Aaron picture. Where Aaron feels like, okay, there's things I want you to do, but it's, it's I'll, send, I'll let Aaron be with you. He's a little older than you. Um, and that was, I'm sure, a comfort to him because that was his oldest older brother just by a couple of years, three years, I believe, a few years. 
Um, but that signified a strength, somebody older, somebody he can lean on, a trust in somebody older and all that that I described. And then there was that season where Moses couldn't talk because he was scared. He was really scared. But his brother talked, spoke in his place until Moses can speak for himself. And then there came this time where this golden calf was made while Moses was with the Lord receiving the Ten Commandments. But the people corrupted themselves and, and Aaron derailed. I don't see Aaron being cursed. He was forgiven. But this is what the Lord showed me. There is going to come a time in your life and maybe that's it right now. Or maybe you see something happening. Maybe people you've put your trust in. Not that they're leaving for any bad reason either. Sometimes God will part people out of your life on purpose. Or maybe you find yourself in a ministry and the ministry is going south. You know, I'll tell you something. God will remove people out of your life, not because they're evil, not because they've done something bad, but because he's calling you to stand by him. He wants to take their place in your life. Do you understand what I'm saying to you today? You see, Moses found himself in a place all alone that was absolutely not comfortable. But then it said God spoke to, the Lord spoke to Moses. He was in that tabernacle, that tent of congregation all by himself. It was very lonely. I'm sure he was mourning. Yes, he was wrathful for good reason. But there was a human part of him. But you know what? When God calls you to do something, he lets you be human. He lets you feel that loss. He lets you feel the pain. And let me explain something to you. There was a uh, period of time in my life. There was this person I really loved. I still love so much. Nothing wrong with the person today, but I really wanted to be a part of that person, you know, have them come on my show. I hate to call this a show. It's not a show. Forget I said that. Um, and this little green pasture and, and somehow for some reason, I just felt hurt like, oh, not hurt because they did anything wrong to me, but in my heart was like, oh, but I just love that person. And I wanted that person so much to come and speak and we could all partake and I can partake. But you know what? That person just sailed away in a different direction. And that person's doing something completely different in the Lord. And it took me months on end to see it. And whenever I think of that person or hear that person's name mentioned, I feel a, I feel a thorn buried in my heart. And so today when I read that, I was really free in that where, because I've been carrying around that little, little thorn where the Holy Spirit really showed me, my presence will go with you, Joni. And I will give you peace. And now you're going to go. You're going to go on. 
but you'll stand by me. You'll stand. You see, whatever you're doing in your life, so many, I hear it, I hear it my whole life. I'm just, I'm just a person who does this. I just work at the gas station. I, I just work over there. I make minimum wage. I, I'm only this and I'm only that. And Jesus says, stop saying that. I mean, it was so loud to me, like, stop saying that. Stop saying, I'm only, I'm just alone. I'm alone. Um, I, I only work over here. I only do that. I change diapers all day. God says, stop saying that. I'm not saying God says, like, I want to be so careful because I'm not saying, thus saith the Lord. It's what I was inspired by the Holy Spirit so strongly in my heart. Stop saying it like I can hear his voice in me. That voice that's so, so clear. Stop saying that. Stop saying that. In a sense, whoever you are, if you are in a good marriage and you love your wife or your husband and you are one and you love each other and your best friends, there's going to be a time where he's going not split you up. God doesn't, well, God put us under put together. He doesn't tear asunder. He doesn't call you into something to make the other one feel less than or put aside or belittled. And they're not going to be those that are going to dwell in the camp over there while you go by yourself, you know, to make, and they feel bad about it. But in a really beautiful sense, God is going to call each one of you in your life at one point. And it's going to hurt at first. You're not going to understand it why you found yourself alone and why you thought that relationship of fellowship is going to work or that Bible study or that pastor or that church or your neighbor, all of a sudden something has changed. They're put out of your life. They've moved away. They went on to other things and you're like, I feel forgotten. I'm all alone and everything crashed and smashed and everything I thought was from the Lord isn't. And now I stand alone ashes for beauty the spirit of heaviness instead of the oil of joy no garments of praise but that's when God will speak to you and he'll tell you what does my word say because you know his word and you will feel that hot feeling of pain and anguish and hurt. But that pain, anguish, and hurt, all those fiery, hot emotions create in you courage. They make you courageous to go forward and to stand up and say not to be angry at people or, or to say, well, they left me and you'll, here's what I'm going to do now. No, it's not like that at all. You're humbled because by then you're humbled. This may be a word to very mature people that need to hear this word. But I'm telling you, I love this scripture, not scripture, this word. William Gurnall said it. He wrote that book, The Christian in Complete Armor. He said, oh, no, it was. It was, I think it was Andrew Murray. Anyways, one of them, he said, since we are called sheep, 
all sheep at one point end up at the altar. But see, look what happened to him. God had a new place to stand by him. He was never asked to come and stand by him. He was told, meet me up at the mountain. I'm going to speak to you there. Now go back and tell them what I said. That was an invitation to stand with him forever. I even think it had a heavenly implication to it. While Moses stayed below. Aaron stayed below. It was never the same again. Don't be afraid when God pushes people out of your life. Wave them, wave them goodbye with a smile and love them. And turn around and face the Lord and say, Now, if I have found grace in thy sight and you have known me by name, show me thy way that I may know thee. And God's presence will go with you. And that will be your new stand. That stand is coming for, for you because you see, it will give you that kind of a, it really is a promotion. It's terrifying in the beginning, but look at the glory that came to him. He finally, all that time, he saw all, he saw God walk by him, though he didn't see his face. And he said, all my goodness will pass before you. And he was not only standing next to him on the rock, which is Christ, but he was put into the cliff of the rock. And then God's hand covered him. And then he saw God in his glory, because God's glory is all his goodness to you. And that would not have happened if Aaron stayed in it as his companion. Stand in that new place and don't be afraid. Because it's it's such, I think it's just, it's, I think I'm, I'm finding a hard time to say any more words about it because it really is unspeakable glory. But that is for you. And if you're changing diapers or whatever it is you're doing, stop saying, all I do is change diapers. All I do is change spark plugs. All I do is drive drive to work and drive stop saying that make everything you do glorious and say you know what this is what i do because i stand by christ i stand on christ on the rock next to god and you know be valiant in everything you do it's not the big things everybody's always looking for big ministries big houses big money expensive clothes Big vacations, things don't make people great. Big things are not great. God is great. I love what it says when Samuel told Saul, when you were little in your own sight, then were you made king of Israel. Stay little in your own sight and you will see God. And all these terrible things that are coming to pass upon this face of this earth, you'll be risen above it because you're only sojourning through this life. And there's no other gods but Jesus Christ. And worship him in the fullness of the love that he's put in his heart, in your heart, to love him back with.
Amen. Go to the altar and start your new stand in Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord be upon you in all goodness and beauty and let all his goodness pass before you in Jesus' glorious name. Amen.